Hello, folks. Welcome to another Loft Podcast. I'm kind of excited today. We got Nick Guida from Tamarack Aerospace, CEO, in to discuss the winglets, the infamous winglets, good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, this is not a softball, as I think I said 94 times, uh, discussion on these winglets. This is some hard questions that I had for Nick. I enjoyed our discussion, and he was extremely honest and upfront with us. I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, please welcome Mr. Nick Guida. <laughs> well, you know, the stereo Spoken as a true engineer. Is that yeah, the right ear? That is the right ear. Mr. Nick Guida, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. From the fire, the, the fiery depths of despair and dis, yeah. despondentness. Is that a word? Can I say that? That word works. Despondentness. It doesn't even matter. It just sounds bad. God, man. It's good to have you back, my friend. Thanks, thanks. Hey, um, I just want to separate the wheat from the chaff, man. The bullshit from the facts. You think I can say that without uh, too much trouble? No, that's that's... That's important. I know. hope so. I hope so. You know, it's uh, truth and facts. I mean, that's what we got to do. That's what we've had to been been fighting for a while now, and been a lot of misinformation. And good. Well, we're going to get to it. Uh, first and foremost, we just picked up our airplane, um, which we installed the Tamarack Active Winglets. We flew it back from Bozeman, Montana, and uh, I'm not going to say anything because you're not paying me. I'm going to say because I'm impressed that that airplane is a different airplane. We have a CJ. Straight CJ, and um, the difference was phenomenal. And I just, I, I can't say thank you enough. So I thought it was good to get you back on. We had you on the podcast before. We had some chats about it. And um, now that we've had some serious trial by fire, and you've got a lot of airplanes under your belt, yeah. I just kind of wanted to talk about um, what happened, uh, what the resolve was, and where we go from here. And I love you to death, but I'm not going to play softball with you. <laughs> uh, I, I would expect not. <laughs> so first and foremost, what um, what transpired? What happened? If you don't mind, fill us in. Well, we got certified in December of 2015. After, of course, it's a novel concept. It was what the FAA says, novel. And uh, therefore, there's a, just a ton of scrutiny for failure modes and all, all kinds of things like that, you can imagine. So take, you know, a typical FAA project and put it on high alert, and that's how we did our certification. And if I recall correctly, you started with YASA first and then transitioned into FAA approval, Well, actually, right? we started with the FAA, and then there was project sequencing that came on, and it, re and it kept us from, cert from starting the project for almost a year. That's really hard to... Oh, I don't think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. So we, we started and made application, and then at the time, you had to go into this queue. So you end up... It's called project sequencing. They don't do it anymore, but uh, when I started the company is when they started this new project, sequencing. So we were in the queue waiting for almost a year. Okay. Similar then, to like trying to go for a 135 certificate. They don't just yeah, hand those out. You got to get right. At the time, yeah. Yeah. And my pre previous experience was that it wasn't that way. You could apply immediately and start working on your project. Okay. So that was uh, pretty exciting for us to sit around for 11 months, paying everybody, trying to get our project picked up. So they eventually picked it up. And then right after that was sequestration, which was uh, where they, the FAA and the, the budget 
was affected, and they, were, they had to, uh, well, not lay people off, but you know what sequestration is. So we ended up getting a letter saying we're going to be working on your project 60% of the time. And we just couldn't, we just couldn't do it because we had already, um, you know, spent so much time and money waiting. So we had to get certified. So we went to Europe, which was a more stringent um, kind of certification or at the time, you know. So we went to cert- – with, we, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was back in – we started in 2011 in earnest or 2012 in, in, in Europe. So we found a DOA over there, and then we worked through the DOA and got our certification in Europe first. Which did, in fact, make it easier then for your certification here in the U.S., correct? Under well, it was it was supposed to make it easier uh, because there's a bilateral, but there was still a year's worth of um, validation that the FAA did. So then we couldn't sell in the United States for one full year, so we were selling in Europe first. So it's kind of backwards. But So then we got certified, started selling winglets. And we had a whole bunch, you know, we sold them really fast. The demand was high. And uh, in April of 2018, we had an uncommanded roll event. So, you know, it was, we already had done all kinds of flight testing. Everyone knew that this thing. How, how did you find out about that? Did we got a call. contact you directly? Yeah, yeah. They called and said, hey, what the heck, my plane just rolled four degrees per second you know, to 30 so, degrees on its own. You know what? And that's my fault because back up for just a second, because what I want to do is, is can you explain what it is then? Because I know we talked about it on the first podcast, but in case somebody hadn't heard that one, the the difference, the way that the actual roll could occur is because of the way that the winglets are designed. And you know, again, remember, we don't have to go deep into engineering, but just talk to me like I'm 12 and tell okay. me what a 12-year-old would hear okay. for how these things so work. So I'll talk to you like you're twice the age you act. Okay. <laughs> So, hey, he just snuck one in. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, well, our system is a loaded alle- alleviation system. So you can put these winglets on without reinforcing the wing uh, by having these devices that that um, are affected by flight conditions. So they pop up and aerodynamically disengage the winglet. And they look exactly like ailerons. Well, they're, they're similar to ailerons, yeah. Yeah, they're, okay. but they're not a controlled surface. They're Because they don't go gated. down, they just go up. Well, they do go down. <laughs> oh, they do, okay. But they're always in unison, and they're not a control surface. They're just uh, a load-alleviating um, surface. Okay. So, um, and they always have to be in unison and all that type of thing. But when any time you do any certification, you have to do the worst case. So we had to certify these where, where they're stuck in position and all that. So we... We go through all that. You can imagine that being the main thing everyone says is what happens if one goes out. Of course. Out, you know. Yeah. Well, that's and what happens. all wrapped around as exactly. far as fail safe. Yeah. And We've all also, the, I think everybody's seen those. Well, we talked about it the last time was those hawker winglets that just, you know, they were shimmying and that was yeah. horrifying to watch mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, but there was adequate margin and everybody was safe and, and they f- did a fix really fast. And, and that's what happens. It's, but, but you plan ahead for that type of thing. Right. So you can't get away from being safe uh, in, in this type of environment, right? So we, so if, the, if there were one that came, it was a, we had an uncommanded event, so one of the uh, Tamarack active camber surfaces, we call them tacks, was deflected. And when it deflected and stayed there, then uh, the airplane rolls. What, what phase of flight did this happen? It was in just cruise. Okay. Yeah, and the plane rolls, it rolls slowly, about four degrees per second, four and a half degrees per second. 
And, and during the certification process, you had to show that the aircraft was completely controllable when that occurred. Yeah, and you had to be able to land and continue to say flight. You got to be able. We actually took off just like they did with the the ground flaps with the CJ. They had to fly around the pattern a bunch of times yeah. with those ground flaps out. Right. Yeah. Just because if something happens, you can't. It can't just be guessing. Yeah, you can't be guessing. Yeah. So, takeoff and landing. You had to fly with one winglet on, one winglet off. You had to fly with ice shapes on one winglet and none on the other. It just imagine a matrix. And with dollar signs in every single yeah. column that you're just going through and doing all these combinations of, of things, which, uh, I mean, there's times I remember Any walking, potential failure, right? Yeah. Any, yeah, potential any combination failure. and all that, right? So then uh, we went to the, the airplane, pulled out the tr- troubleshot what was going on, and it turns out there was a screw in the actuator that had backed out and fallen, fell into the electronics okay. and caused a short and made the actuator hard over. Got it. So we immediately did a service bulletin. When was this? Um, six weeks later. And we, we submitted a service bulletin. And This was far prior to any of this other nonsense that occurred. Yeah, it was a year a year before that. Okay. Yeah. So we offered the service bulletin to um, all of our customers. How many, were, our, how many were out there at that 90 time? 90. Okay. To our, uh, at our cost. You had 100 hours or one year okay. and now looking back we should have done a ad and said guys sw- swap it up we just figured everybody would do it yeah but right? hindsight's 2020 that's yeah. irrelevant yeah so then um service bulletins out there and then uh, april uh, 2018 well you know there was the the max event no, i've never heard Se- of it yeah you, it, it may never be new to it. you it's a 737 max it's a big airplane <laughs> <laughs> and so when that happened, I mean, it's, it was a, a, just tragedy. But, you know, the, the tension between the FAA and EASA was pretty high at the I time. I can imagine. Yeah, it still it, is. It's yeah. true, yeah. And, and the, the FAA That was, airplane's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're talking before, what, 2020? Before they even consider that it's going to be up and flying again. Hmm. Maybe as long as 2021. I digress. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Well, that, that, I hate the, distracting engineers. Do you see this yeah. face when I did that? Yeah. He literally stopped listening to me. <laughs> put a period on what he was saying. He's like, all right, just wait till he shuts up and then I can continue. <laughs> I was just thinking of the, you know, the long-term implications of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so we um, we ended up being in this environment where the FAA was mad at the IASA. IASA's mad at the FAA because uh, IASA, I mean, because, FAA was the last... Well, let me back into that because I think we missed it too. This, um, this issue occurred in Europe, not here in the U.S., no, I'm talking about this 737. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because I, I'm, I'm, building up the in, I'm building up the fact that there was tension, right? Right. Well, let me let me just make sure I made that point. This incident that happened prior to any of this nonsense occurring, that screw coming loose, that happened in Europe, not here. No, that was in that was here. Okay, perfect. That was in. All right. That was in. Uh, okay, so you issued the service Virginia. bulletin based on that occurrence yeah. here in the U.S. Yes. Okay, and gotcha. We send it out. Call us. Do it at our cost. All that. Okay. And then then there was this issue with the 737 Max, and then there was an accident. And a CJ2 Plus in Indianapolis. Yep, heard about that. Um, it was uh, it had our winglets on it, and the plane crashed. So we immediately called. Well, immediate speculation on all the blogs that oh, I, I saw and everywhere crazy. was was to quickly blame you for yeah, that incident. Yeah. And we didn't defend ourselves, and, and which is which was a, a fault of ours. We should have, you know, defended ourselves, but we didn't. And, but um, anybody, anybody that's a pilot or anybody that's even listening to this podcast knows better that jumping to conclusions before the facts are out and having opinions on an aircraft accident 
is is ridiculous. Now, having speculation and talking about it and coming up with possibilities, that is very healthy, and I think that's good. But just to jump to conclusions, and, and again, I'm not playing softball with you here, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not taking your position other than what I saw with my own eyes, which was aggressive b- blaming of your devices. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was pretty immediate and uh, huge, and that's why we should have said something about it, but we didn't. You know, but that's, you know, pilots, I'm a pilot, you know, we, we like to talk about stuff, we like to speculate. Which I think is and a healthy... It's a tragedy. It's a, hel- it's a mean, healthy discussion if it occurs properly, agreed. as opposed to knee-jerking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew Wayne, we, we knew the pilot, we, we know these guys, they're our customers, right? It was a, terrible, so we, you know, we called... Yeah, that was a well-liked pilot and a well-liked yeah. family, no question about yeah. it. And we called NTSB, we called the FAA, we called, you know, um, Cessna, Textron, I said, look, we're here to help. This is a horrible thing. And they're like, well, you know, there's no reason to believe that you're involved in this thing, but we'll call you if we need you. So we were from the day one, we were offering our support. Right. So then. um, uh, But again, we didn't defend ourselves. But then. So the only occurrence that had happened prior to that was this loose screw in the box that was a service bulletin was issued. Mm -hmm. And that was the only indication that there was an issue. Once you issued that service bulletin, how many people took you up on it out of those 90? A lot. Uh, there was only 17 that had. And the accident airplane actually had had the service bulletin up, updated. Right? Good to know. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and you know, remember, it, the, the failure case is that plane rolls four and a half degrees per second, right? And, four and a half degrees per second, yeah. and which so is a, we, pretty much a lifetime in an airplane. Uh, f- well, four and a half degrees <laughs> per second is it's like a turn on the, on the base, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we do our certification, you have, you're not even allowed to touch the controls for a while, right? You have to sit and wait for it to happen. So there's just layers and layers of margin that they build into that. So, And what's the corrective action for that? The I know it now, but I didn't. Yeah, the corrective ours. action is to slow down. Yeah, you, you pull the throttles back. Uh, you, just similar to like a runaway trim, throttles back, speed brake on, and then maintain directional control. And, and you have to show that you can do that within... You know, with less than uh, rudders, ailerons, just a- aileron fifty pounds or less, and stick a hundred pounds or less, and you can't lose. You know, when we did all the testing, you can't lose. You know, over a thousand feet of altitude. And there's just all bunch of cr- and that criteria. 50, that and that fifty in. pounds that stops the roll, so you have to add more pressure then to turn. Well, the it other can't way. be above. It can't be any time above fifty pounds during the whole recovery. Got it. So even to turn to the say that you've got an uncommanded roll to the right. In order to actually roll the airplane to the left, would mm-hmm. it require more than 50 pounds to do no, so? No, it can't. It's not allowed to. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. So it's not just to stop the roll. It's to actually be able to input to the other side if necessary. Yeah. Well, it has to be the whole recovery, the whole the whole thing and to, to uh, land. To it. roll wings level at that yeah. point. Okay. Or, or to correct, to correct the airplane uh, and to land safely and everything, right? So. And get this low. It's 140 knots. You slow too. Okay. Is that something that you would trim out, or you would just slow it? Oh yeah, below you can, 140, right? That's, yeah, you can trim it out. Of, and it, you can't even once it's trimmed out, you can't even tell that the airplane has a problem, right? We had to do, uh, you know, take on the landings in that mode with, and it's completely controllable and and benign. And uh, so that that's. That's the uh, I got coming you off, up I got to you, this. Yeah, I got you off track there. So that uh, that occurrence happened, issued a service bulletin. A lot of people signed up and said, yeah, we want the service bulletin, mm-hmm. especially since you were paying for it. And the, the fix was essentially replace the box or just replace the screw? Replace the box. Okay, so the box gets replaced with the new screw, mm-hmm. and then the CJ2 plus accident occurs. Mm-hmm. Nothing had happened up until that accident, correct? 
Right. And then everything started to come apart. Well, well, yeah, that was that was that was tough. I mean, and then and then we had a few more incidents where people would say, "Hey, my plane rolled." It's like, "Well, did you do your service bulletin?" No. Okay. Do your service bulletin. And um, but everybody, they were all the same. That rolls a little bit, and then it was controllable. Everybody landed and called us, and we. And this was just a discussion the, between you and your customers. Well, no, we had to call. We had to report all that to the FAA and the ASA. Sure, okay. all those are reported. And um, but it turned out that every single one was a, uh, the screw had come out right, or the service bulletin had. Because we've never had a problem with once a service bulletin on a plane that had the service bulletin issued right. or uh, complied. So then, the magic day. April 13th of 2019, there was a pilot report. <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. Yeah, it really. I mean, it was a pilot report. This was different. This was the guy reported, and he wrote it down and called the Yaza and said 90 degrees in one second. I, I want to repeat that, 90 degrees in one second. I can't do that in the L-39, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the that Yaza, airplane rolls like a yeah, top. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and again, I'm not playing softball with you. I just want to make sure we separate the facts from the bullshit because yeah. 90 degrees in one second is almost virtually impossible. Yeah, I mean a snap roll, you know, maybe we've both okay. done them. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, so that's a big deal. And uh, IAZA just immediately they grounded the fleet. They just grounded the fleet. They didn't even ask anybody. They just grounded the fleet. IAZA. Well, that was an emergency. Uh, emergency AD that they issued. Okay, within a couple days. And Did they, they didn't inform you prior to that. They just they just shut no, everything down. No, they shut it down, and they didn't call the FAA either, which I'm sure the FAA wasn't too happy about that. So um, it freaked them out. They're like, "Hey, we did all the Yaza did a lot of the flight testing. They're like that that didn't match any of our flight testing. Maybe we missed something. Right. And why did it happen? Right? Why did this happen? Might be nice to have had a conversation with you folks prior to that. Yeah, but <laughs> for safety, they I don't blame them. If a plane rolls 90 degrees in a second. You should freaking ground the fleet. However, taking it at, at face value and just the word of the gentleman, right? There was no data or it, it, there was no CVR or anything to back up his claim, correct? Well, there there was, but they didn't know at the time. So they had to react, man. And remember, this triple seven, uh, the 737 just happened. Okay. And they're, you know, everybody's on high alert. Yeah. So this report comes in, boom, ground the fleet. How and many of them were overseas? At this time, and this think, was, uh, and this, and this occurred obviously overseas because yeah. Yasa was involved. Oh yeah, yeah, and actually the AAIB was involved too, which is the NTSB of the UK. It was, um, okay. I think there were nine planes overseas. Okay, and eighty-two or something in the United States. We had about ninety planes or ninety. Right, but but the AD had not occurred in the US yet. No, no, they they. So all your airplanes here were still flying. Yeah, the planes here were flying. But remember the bilateral, so we knew that the FAA was going to have to issue something. Right. But we also know. That the they FAA, didn't respond right away. I mean, it was a while. It was five weeks. Five weeks. I didn't know it was that long. Holy yeah, five shit. Five weeks. So they, <laughs> but shit. what they were, you what know. were they waiting for? <laughs> no offense to you, but holy moly, that's kind of a sleep at the wheel if there was going to be a discussion at all. Well, it kind of brings into question the uh, emergency aspect of it, yeah. emergency AD side, right? Well, suspect is what the word I would use, right? Yeah, but but remember, you know. The facts of the matter are they probably were considering the fact that 90 degrees in one second was an exaggerated pilot report. You know, they, they were taking a more measured approach. But it, they You mean the FA, not the Yeah, the F FAA, Obviously, yeah. yes. And, you know. Because it, somebody with some common sense went, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, I, I'm not, 
I don't work for the FAA. I, I'm just saying the hesitation came from somewhere, right, from the FAA side. Yeah. Well, we, that, that's not too far of a jump or a leap to make that assessment, but go ahead. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah. five weeks later, then Yasa throws a fit. They ground everybody. Well, no, but before that, the funny thing is, is that a week later, the AAIB pulls the data from the airplane. Oh, good. Yes. Because it was CJ1. Right. And they looked at the flight data, and it was actually... That came out of the FMS? Where, where does that come from? Yeah, it's from the AHARS oh, right, box right, right. and the CJ1. Yep. And the actual number was 75 degrees in 18 seconds. <laughs> he was in the back. He had the airplane on autopilot, and he was in the back using the toilet. Well, I, 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 I you don't have to answer that. That's a rhetorical oh, that question. That's rhetorical. Okay. I said <laughs> See, fucking engineers. No, no. <laughs> facts. I said facts and Mine's truth. Mine's not a fact. Okay. I made all of that's all yeah. up in my okay. head. Right. That's a not scary that that's place ever to happened. Be. Not that yeah. that's ever happened. I think it puts you out of CG if you do that. So I've yeah. heard. So I've heard. Unless you put some bags up front. Yeah. So that was. That's a lifetime. But what, what was he doing? He was reading the paper. Don't know. He was watching. He was watching. He was cleared, He was cleared Top from twenty five hundred feet to three to, to thirty five hundred or something. He was doing two hundred fifty knots, and the, and the, so that's about four and a half degrees per second. By the way, yeah. so the plane was rolled, but it was allowed to persist. We don't know why. Um, he does. He gets on the ground <laughs> and says this. And of course, he hadn't done a service bullet either. So then we pulled the box out of the thing. We flew to just, our lab. And just to reiterate, that's 75 degrees that it rolled, but it took 18 seconds to do it. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I got that. So so when when we took the box apart with a witness there, the screw had come out. So it was completely preventable. If he had, It was 51 weeks later. So if he had complied with the service bulletin, this would have never happened, right? So... 51 weeks prior, we had a service one. So anyway, we go to FAA. You know, you know Jacob Klingsmith, our, our president, goes to the IAZA and says, look, you have the facts now. The guy exaggerated dramatically on the on the pilot report, and we know that the service bulletin would have fixed this. Just lift this AD, man. Right. This is this is ridiculous. And they said, no, we're going to do a deep dive. And and I think it's fair to say that, that that occurred probably because of the nature of the environment happening right then is what your point was, right? With the 737 max grounding and the loss of all that life because of some really scary shit, yeah. that that definitely had some blowback upon your situation. I would, yes, if we're not going to go facts and, you know, uh, that well, would be my conjecture's speculation. Yes, yeah, conjecture's I'm allowed okay. To con- yeah. Conge- yeah, conjecture's fine. Agreed. That's... I think the environment was just ripe for just continued nonsense, right? Right. And then the FAA— And there's no blame here. It's just we're just giving an opinion, and I, and I think it's a fair opinion. Yeah. And then 11, I mean, uh, yeah, five weeks later, the FAA comes out with their AD. And we weren't surprised about that. But we, what it said in there was this AD is— It be- grounded airplanes that had complied with the service bulletin too, correct? Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, we had almost everybody done. Because we expected, like, guys, this AD's coming. Get your stuff in place. Because right. we know that the two service bulletins that we had prior are going to— cl- get rid of this whole thing. We mm-hmm. just had high confidence because well, you know, we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had facts to indicate that right. that was the case. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but so, you know, EAZ and NTSB, AAIB, everybody's reviewing all these data. FAA, they got this, this, they're just all talking to each other and figuring it all out. Meanwhile, the FAA comes up with their AD and it says the Tamarack winglets are the focus of an accident investigation. How can they say that? They How could they do that? Well, they're not supposed to. So 
they and of course we called the FAA and we called the NTSB. Well, I'm sure and said, the NTSB would have thrown a fit if they'd seen that. Did they even see that? Because no, they probably would have. Some phones would have rang. Yeah. Well, they were kind of pissed. Okay. And uh, and I don't know where that is now. I, I just know that that it was so, in my opinion, opinion irresponsible and illegal. I don't even know. It, it's ridiculous that they would say that in an ongoing investigation. Yeah. So this is what happened, and. You know, so we called them and said, what, what are you talking about? We've been ca- talking to you from the beginning. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're not involved. This is you're, – you're not a party to the investigation. You're not involved in – FAA shouldn't have said that. Okay. But they did, and they freaking printed it. So we had – you know, it was – it's crazy. Printed within the AD that they released? Yes. Okay. All right. So that hurt a lot because now we're fighting the false pilot report, the false FAA – uh, and these NTSB. these are these are undisputed facts. Yeah, <laughs> these yeah, are undisputed it it's facts. It's all public data, man. Yeah. And that's all... what I really again. That's why I wanted to get you on here. Was it was not to not to give you a pulpit for an advertisement, but to come in and to be able to say, look, you don't have please trust but verify. You don't have to take our word for it. Go take a look at these things because this is actually what occurred. Right. Yeah. I mean, that and that's my job right now. I'm just trying to get the truth out there because anyway, we've said that just crazy amount of information because this is a dramatic and it was shortly thereafter that they and, and how did they, they ended up uh, removing the ad fairly rapidly after that yeah well yasa did it first once they right. got all the facts talked to the ntsb they, they and lit- no further action was required no. they just removed no it. no they, well they said you got to do the service bulletins that we've had for up to a year ago which everybody had already done what, well except 99 percent. one guy hadn't but he had since he's done that and then the faa came out five days later with their ad their AMOC, actually, which said it's a global AMOC. They lifted the restrictions, flight restrictions. And now they're in the process of updating the ID. Right. Um, they actually have to rewrite it, correct? Yeah. They, yeah based on comments and things like that, they okay. have to rewrite it. And we're hoping that they take this inflammatory, inaccurate language out because it's just silly. Now, I have to ask the question because, I mean, it's obviously a part of our society and how it works. Well, what about a lawsuit? What about what about suing them to do so? Suing the FAA? Yeah. Filing a lawsuit saying, you guys, this, you, you have no idea how much you hurt our business by making this false and inaccurate statement that you had no business saying. Is that a possibility? I mean, I don't know. I've I'm heard, sure I, it's I've, a possibility, but I don't know But the success of that would be. Well, it's basically slander. I mean, it, it, it falls under the cat. I'm not an attorney. I, I don't even play one, but mm-hmm. it's, it falls underneath the slander suit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Food for thought. Yeah. I mean. You know, at, at some point, you know, we, we are going to do more certifications and things like that. I don't know. It's something to think about. No, I just, you know. No, I, I, right I'm now with you. We're just I'd rather to... take the path of least resistance. I mean, yeah. if, you start, if you start throwing stones or throwing mud, you get some mm-hmm. on you. There's no question about it. It just seems mm-hmm. like that was a very damaging statement yeah. oh, when they yeah. when they didn't yeah. have to make it and they yeah. shouldn't have made it. And, and actually, we have no idea what occurred and may never. That airplane didn't have a CVR, didn't have a – well, I shouldn't speak out of school. I don't I, think it had I don't a CVR. And, and actually, you know, since then, the NTSB, in order to tell us that we were not involved in the investigation, they made us a party to the investigation. So I don't know. There's only one guy at, our, at Tamarack that can actually talk to the NTSB and right. the FAA. And I know you're not allowed to talk and about I, that stuff. Yeah, and I don't know anything. Yeah, so, well, you don't want to. Yeah, but yeah. I know that, that – um, even this this coming week, they're doing more investigation on what right. happened. Because only the preliminary is out. There's no final, and that's going to be a while. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a whole bunch of, well, obviously speculation on that too. Yeah. But. And, and again, I think speculation's healthy if it's it, talking about avoiding situations that us as pilots could get into that could take our lives or anybody yeah. else's for that Agreed. matter. Agreed. 
So this AD, or as you say, AMOC? Well, the AD is still there, but yeah, the AMOC, Alternate Means of Compliance, Mm -hmm. which was a global AMOC that allowed them, the FAA, to lift the restriction prior to issuing a revised AD. Got it. Because uh, just Allow, a, a basically allowing the airplanes to fly, yeah, based on just having completed the service bulletin, correct? That's right, right. And this is after talking with the NTSB. So if you know if you want to make an inference, this you can say, well, why would they have an AMOC lift? I mean, AMOC and lifting the AD in Europe if we were involved in an NTSB investigation, of right? It's just it's clear that that's not. Of course. Yeah, you get it. All airplanes service bulletin at this point, or AD? I shouldn't even use the word service bulletin because it's an AD now. All done, obviously, well, yeah, or they well, wouldn't be they, flying. Yeah, they, yeah, they're, yes, everybody's got their their service bulletins complied with. Yeah. Okay. Moving forward, the the new airplanes, they all have uh, obviously. There's no AD on those because right. they're coming from your factory yeah. with all the appropriate screw attached. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I noticed on our flight, uh, not in reference to the screw, I noticed a little tab. Now, I actually think I took a picture of the tab. Yeah, and, there's uh, there's a little tab on that. What I, I want to call it an aileron. It's not. A, what, you're not calling it that. It's what are you calling tax. it? Tax. Tax. I like it, man. Tamarack like active camber surface. Love it. That's yeah. called marketing. I yeah. like it. Why the little tab? What does that do? That's a centering strip. So it's kind of like on the. Notice the on your rudder of your CJ. Mm-hmm. There's a little T, mm-hmm. and that's for centering. So if the that's if, just for my impact with my head. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's 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 typically what you do, like on an aileron for aerobatic airplanes, sometimes you'll square off the aileron trailing edge, and it, it just helps it stay in the center. I so, call it blow to trail, but that's not necessarily what you'd call it. It's it's a, it's a no, centering strip. No, you could say that. It's the same effect, you know. So what that does is if the if the if the uh, tax is is hard over to some position, that it will push against the actuator and push it back into position if it is held out of position. But remember, that is for 99.9999% of the time. You still have to certify it if it got stuck. Like if, it, if the actuator jammed or froze. That's what, you were, that's what you were saying. Now I yeah. get it is that you you're, you're put that on there as just more of like a whipped cream topping because yeah. it, it isn't actually even necessary to do so because the airplane's completely controllable without that tab. Right. So and we, without the use of that tab. Right. We actually issued it as an optional service bulletin if you wanted that, right? If, but it, it wasn't required. And so even – it's funny because the IAZA and the FAA, it was just quicker to say, hey, look, just make them both required to get out of the sure. AMOC instead of having one that was required and one that was optional. Makes sense. But you still have to certify it. Just like right now, you had to certify – if your rudder – I mean, your um, uh, you have a runaway elevator trim, you have to certify for that. And if you had a device that helped you – you still had to break the device and do it without the device, right? So you can't get away from doing crazy uh, flight testing. Or well, but you can if you're Boeing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. blow that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm getting sued for that. Would yeah. you write that down at what time yeah. that occurred that yeah. I got sued? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, but now, we're, you know, we're, we're back on track. We've been doing installs again, and, but we're just continually fighting this. There's, I had one guy. Says he won't. Well, he, it's the, his it's wife the term doesn't stigma. Wanna, it's his, a stigma. His fly, wife does not want to fly in in a plane with our winglets on it. Okay. Well, we got a couple of elephants in the room, and again, I told you I'm not going to play softball with you. Mm-hmm. And one of those elephants, which is a conversation that you and I had with a local operator here that has a CJ3 parked in a hangar, they're not using, and they're not using it because the pilot group has gotten up and formed a union and said they're not flying this thing. 
And the reasoning is, is on the CJ-3, they claim that these winglets have actually diminished the performance of the aircraft. Mm -hmm. And their point was, valid or invalid, I don't care. I'm just giving the facts. Their point was, look, if we've got a, a, a system or a device that's on this aircraft that is supposed to improve its performance and doesn't and has the potential of failing, why are we taking this chance? Mm -hmm. That's the philosophy. So... Mm -hmm. Um, that's a tough one, but I'm going to throw it at you. What is your slash Tamarex response to this CJ3 issue? And, and, and again, lots of rumors and innuendo, innuendo, none of which I'm going to take, but for only from what I've heard with my own ears, which mm -hmm. is that the CJ3 um, Tamarack winglets are having an issue. Yeah, well, it's true. And at the end of the day, so to, to I guess you start at the beginning, you know, we, uh, we get a CJ3. We do the analysis, the same math that uh, we did to do the CJ1 to show the performance benefit. We get uh, a serial number 18, 52 Echo Tango. We outfit the airplane. We set world records. We fly over the ocean. We fly from Sandpoint to... Not marketing bullshit. No. Actual data. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of people <laughs> flew the plane and they just love it. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. MMO, 700 pounds an hour. Uh, climbed to... 24 minutes to, you know, just a crazy performer, right? Percentage increase over book, or I should say what it should have done. What was it? What would that have been? 15, 16%? Yeah, in that range, yeah. Okay. And I just made that up. I'm just, I don't no, know. No, it, it, it's, it's about right. I mean, the plane was. This serial number specific. Yeah, 18 was doing 2,100 nautical miles of MMO all day, you know, 700 pounds an hour. You could what percentage increase was that over what it should have been done? Well, it, the owner before that, the owner that had the plane, um, was saying it was a 1,700-mile plane, okay. 1,800-mile plane tops, right? All right. So this was exciting, you know, and it matched our numbers, and we were pretty happy. We assumed that all the planes were going to be uh, the same, right? So we, we certify the plane. That That's the plane we flew from Paris, Texas, to Paris, France with one stop. Oh, yeah, you remember, I remember that? that? I do, yes. So um, uh, people, well, that's our demo plane. So I'm giving demo rides all over the country, uh, in Europe, and everybody... No, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, there it is right there. There's the specs the right off of Yeah. Right off the website. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a eighteen I mean I'm wagging the math here, eighteen percent increase over yeah. what the yeah. thing should have been done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um you know, it's just a great performer. So anyway, we're everybody that flies so th that, that plane. That, that proved the philosophy. That proved what you were doing because you'd already done every C J one that you'd done was mm -hmm. exactly where it should be. Yeah. In fact, my, our airplane is doing better than you said. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so thank you for underpromising. Well, <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah. But getting well, back to the but CJ3. that's not going to make up on the CJ3. Uh, no, 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 no. We have uh, we have an elephant. We need to discuss. Yeah. yeah. So uh, people fly the plane, a demo plane. And they're like, okay, I want these. And so pretty quickly, we had fourteen sold, and we started doing installs, mm -hmm. and it was great. And then about two months later, we started getting calls. Hey. I'm not getting 700 pounds an hour in MMO, uh, like the demo plane, and like your marketing material says. And we we thought uh, that's and these strange. are people that had actually flown the demo plane, correct? Yeah, they'd seen it with their own eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have flown it, and like it's hard to get, not get out of that plane and place an order. That's what was happening. People just right. loved it, right? Of course. So they thought that their plane was going to see that the 700 pounds an hour MMO. And we thought their plane was going to be 700 pounds an hour because we thought there was a lot more consistency in the fleet 
So we spent a year When you say consistency in the fleet, exactly what are you referring to? Well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in okay. a second here. Right. But Remember, I'm not going to play I'm not going to play I know, softball I know, anymore. but I'm, I'm just trying to say it right here. But, <laughs> like, you know, we, we, we actually stopped selling. We couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. We just said, look, let's stop. The so CJ3 as soon as you started hearing this, obviously yeah. you knew there was an issue. This was not being made up. There was no. some sort of an issue that was taking place. No, we, we, we flew planes to figure out if it was the airspeed calibrations, CJ3 versus CJ3+. Plus. We did all kinds of stuff to understand. We measured, and we started measuring a lot of the planes. So you actually had, we're able to, you put a couple of these on a 3+. plus. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. We got several on 3+. plus. Okay. So a year's worth of investigation turns out that of the 14 airplanes, there is a variance of 22% in fuel flow at MMO at 45,000 feet. Prior to your installation? It doesn't matter. We looked at baseline data and— Well, no, I think it does matter. <laughs> no, no, but but the, this, this is after the fact, but even when we looked at baseline data, there's a huge variance in these planes. Okay. The, the, but but the, I got I to gotta clarify because, again, and you're going to treat me as M6 because we already made that determination— if your devices are installed in this aircraft and then you are running that data, how would you possibly make the differentiation between what is happening now, because the devices are installed, mm -hmm. to what was happening prior? Mm -hmm. That's my question. Mm -hmm. Well, we have we ha we compared it to some baseline data. So what we did is we, we asked everybody to send us their data so we could start understanding what was causing this. And so... Between. The owners were suspecting your devices were causing this. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, yes. We did too. We were saying, hey, maybe they're misaligned. Maybe they were installed crooked. And we just right. kept looking and looking, and we couldn't find anything. So we started looking at the base wing, right? But 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 based on the data, the data comes in, and it's the, the when best. When you say the base wing, and again, I'm, I'm, trying, I, I'm feeling stupid, but I'm sorry no, to ask. All right, all right. When you say the base wing, you mean the wing not with your devices installed? Yeah, the baseline aircraft. We, we, we okay, suspected that there were some other things happening because – you know, the, the, the you best find, airplane. You couldn't find fault with your devices. Yeah, we tried re-rigging. We, we, we did all kinds of measurements to, yeah, figuring out what was causing that. The, it, was it our loft that was causing the issue? Was it the, the centering or, or the device? Was it, what, what could it be? Was it the fact that it was put on with a twist? All that stuff we checked and checked, and it was all perfect. Well, not perfect, but within tolerance, right? Sure. But what would and cause this isn't this... a conflict of interest because obviously you've got some pissed off customers. Oh yeah. So you have to solve the problem. Yeah, but also it's have... not a matter of just lying and going. It's not our. It's not our problem. You yeah. guys take it up with somebody else. Right. Because you the... you assumed that it was your problem. Right. And yeah, because what? Yeah. I mean, we had some customers that they're still like. I just flew the other day. I flew across the ocean again, and one of our CJ three was winglet. People don't do that. We do it with winglet. So some of our customers were getting great benefits and some weren't so this this whole thing was just crazy but between 700 pounds an hour and 875 pounds an hour that's the range that's 22 percent that's huge so we huge. then we started looking at drag so we hired some aerodynamicists and they're saying look it looks like turbulent flow is happening at some point it's being triggered you so hired they, an outside source yeah okay yeah. who can, can you say who that is uh they do winglets for 737 type okay people right they're friends of mine from years ago well you just said friends of yours now you fucking yeah, yeah no, <laughs> now with that now yeah. it just takes all the fucking wind yeah, out of the yeah. sail so never mind <laughs> well you know people that i've used for for many years and that are world-renowned aerodynamics that's not an outside source honey uh, <laughs> it's not an independent outside source go ahead 
Uh, well, when you've been in the business as long as I have, you know everybody. Yeah, right? there you so go. You probably true. Know. Probably true. So um, they're 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 theorizing on this um, uh, turbulent flow. Okay. So we started looking at turbulent flow, and it turns out what is that? I don't know what that means. Well, you're, twenty-five you're, thousand hours, ninety-five type ratings. I don't know what that means. God, well, I, gotta, I should have gone to college. Picture, God, picture laminar. You know, laminar sounds good, right? I do. I okay. do. I actually know what that is. And turbulent sounds bad. Yes. Yeah. So yes. when when you laminar a, sounds smooth. Yeah. Turbulent sounds like my. Yeah, your life. Yeah. So she listens to this. I can't yeah. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that one. Yeah. There goes my weekend. <laughs> yeah. So that's a similar situation when it comes to airflow. You don't want turbulent flow. Okay. So and that's essentially just uh, like little, uh, little minor vortices that roll over the. Is that what I? Yeah. Is that it, fair it, to say? Yeah. There's. It's, it's not a smooth flow, and it, you're, you have a drag increase when that happens. So we started looking at these and measuring the wings really well on a bunch of different planes, and some of the airplanes are actually out of tolerance from, tam, from um, Cessna, Textron. They come. They're they're not in tolerance. The leading edge step is the, the profile tolerance is is out. Some of them are on the high side. Some of them are within. So that, when you say tolerance, though, I mean, according to whom? According to, well, there's, to, to airfoil there's, logistics? Yeah. There's type data. Yeah. I mean, according to the way it's supposed to come out of the factory, right? So we saw this variance, and what we uh, didn't consider was this, this there would be that much variance in the fleet. Okay. Now, I just finished talking to a gentleman. He's got six CJ3s, um, and he all of his planes burn 300 and 80 to 390 pounds per side of MMO, pretty much you can set your watch to. So he doesn't have a variance in his six. Okay. But of the 14 that we had. So you have 14 of these airplanes, CJ3s, that have winglets on them. Out of the 14, how many are performing well? About five. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. So what do you do? Well, performing, it depends on what you mean by well. Um, well, I should the, say, say better, better than book. Yeah, you know, so any, anything that improves their performance, which is what your product is supposed to do, is to improve yeah. the performance of the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, there's a lot of different performance, right? There's max zero fuel weight, there's climb, and all those type of things. It's What we're seeing is that MMO, Well, well but range, let me back into that for a second because I think that's a good point. If you increase the range by three miles, you have increased the max takeoff weight by default, by math. So if one... If one performance factor is improved, mm-hmm. the other ones that would be attached to that will also be improved. So to get back to my original question, you say you've got 14 of these airplanes? 15 now. 15? Because we just did a CJ3 Plus last week. Okay, yeah. so you've got 15 airplanes. Out of those 15 airplanes, you have five that have a 0.001% performance increase. No, there's a lot more than that. How many? Take a wag. How many airplanes are paperweights no, right saying- now? No, I'm saying... Well, none of them. I mean, for range only. How many CJ3s or 3 pluses was there a zero, if not a negative, performance change with adding your devices? Yeah, about probably about the same, five. Okay. So with those five aircraft, what do you do? I mean, I don't – that hurts my head. So what we did is we said, let's see if we can lick this turbulent flow issue. So we we put these divergent trailing edges, which are these little wedges. We put them – on the inboard flap on the upper surface. That's quite a ways away. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, now we're talking about base wing. We're sure. not talking about okay. All right. winglets anymore, right? Got it. So we theorized the aerodynamics says, hey, this is going to work. We're looking like we're picking up some speed. We're getting our drag down. We're reducing. Yours or the other guys? Aer- 
Who who whose aerodynamicists were coming up with that? The the fancy ones that okay. we hired. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so uh, you know we run see computation fluid dynamics and all this stuff and and show that 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 looks like there's a benefit. So we we put them on one of our customers' planes, and we actually increased the speed of that plane by five knots. Okay. The all drag right. drag was just came down. It was it was amazing. We got really excited. And we wrote a letter to all of our customers saying, "Hey, we fixed this problem." Or at least you're on the case. Yeah, we're well, we're yeah, yeah. definitely on the case. And we're yeah, yeah, excited. Yeah. But then we said, "But let's not get screwed again. Let's pick another plane and and fly it." So okay. we put these on another one of our customers' planes. One of these five that has a zero or negative in- increase yeah. in performance, mm-hmm. and it actually slowed the plane down by one knot. <laughs> so we I'm were, sorry to laugh. That's it's maddening. not That's funny. maddening. It's not funny. That is maddening. Yeah. So now we have egg on our face. We have this issue that's pretty much unresolvable when it comes to, unless we completely do something to the base wing, you know, and get it all within tolerance or something, you know. So we just end up in this situation where, you know, here we are. So it, it, So how do you address the, I, mean, I, I assume you're in contact with these five people. I think one of them's here, the airplane that's parked mm-hmm. in the hangar. Yeah. Um, we've we've what, been what talking you... to them for over a year now, just trying to give them every update we can. To keep them in the loop, and they've been just been great. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean what, what do you we're, feel we're not like best, be... we're definitely not best friends, but we're trying to get well, at least they're working with you though. And I think that's important to come into up to a solution because obviously, yeah. you know, the uh, incredible performance that these things have done for most of the fleet that yeah. you've installed, as opposed mm-hmm. to five airplanes out of what you said 90 in the U.S. Yeah. So we've got five airplanes that are struggling out of the 90. Mm-hmm. What do you feel is going to be the final, and maybe you don't know, but what, what do you feel is the final solve for those five poor people that have these winglets on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I know of Removal? one. Removal? Well, one of one of our customers has removed the winglets. Okay. Uh, but so there's, it's it, funny it's, because, and I have another guy that his, he doesn't have winglets anymore on his plane. And he got a new plane, and now he wants winglets because he wants to get to forty-five thousand feet uh, in the ISO Plus Ten day, and he yeah. can't do it now yeah. in a plane without winglets. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, what, what, what it, we're doing—it's okay is, not to have an answer to that. I know, question, I don't, I the I mean, answer that's... is we're talking with everybody individually okay. and trying to figure out a way to make it right with these guys. And it's it's a it's a heart wrenching, terrible situation that we're just trying to deal with. I mean, it's. And all of them are in contact with you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, and some and it's funny because some even the guys, some of the guys that were not getting the performance that were, you know, seeing struggling with some, whatever issues that they were having with the performance, they became during this AD, mm-hmm. they became some of my best business advisors. Well, it's I, really you, cool. You and I would both agree, and I have had some extremely tough times. But when it gets dark, you learn who your friends are. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that were just there for other reasons. Yeah. They evaporate right. and pull away from you. But the ones that stick with you when yeah. it gets really nasty, those mm-hmm. are the ones you know are the true ones. Yeah. Um, on the CJ3 Plus that you just did, mm-hmm. how, how long ago was this? Uh, two weeks ago. So Three weeks ago. Again, the hard question that I have for you, how did you how were you able to discuss with this individual? And how were you able to address the fact that you knew on a great portion of the CJ3s mm-hmm. there was almost no performance, sometimes negative, how are you able to address that with this guy and say, let's just see what happens? Or did you are you ha- able to determine whether a certain CJ3 is going to be able to take these winglets and have a performance increase? Well, we offered, say, bring it up here. We'll measure it. We'll we'll figure this out. He's like, I don't care. So they you, look great. I want them. So you, but let me ask that question again, though. So if I bring you a CJ3 
tomorrow, can you measure the wing and tell me if this thing's going to work or not? We, we can get some, it's not absolutely conclusive because the laminar, the drag may not just be limited to the wing. There could be some other rigging issues. We know that the aileron, sometimes these planes, the, the threes specifically, but often a lot of these other planes, the CJs, the, the flap rigging, aileron rigging, it makes a huge difference. So, Do you have any idea why the entire CJ, CJ1, CJ2 market had none of these issues? Do you have any idea? Can you even speak to it? The one and twos, you mean? Yeah, but there's zero. There, every single one you put on those airplanes works well, magnificently. Well, that's not true. No, that's not true. There's a CJ1. That sounded good to me, though. I Didn't know. Didn't it sound no, good? No, you're being, yeah. Well, you just slid that 100 across the table. Yeah. I saw it. It's closer to me than it is to you. I just assume that's what you meant. There's 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 one plane, the CJ1. I think it's a plus. No, it's a CJ1. And he, this plane, he is saying that is not he's not getting the performance out of that plane that he 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 says it hasn't changed his plane but everyone else you know like people it's, it's life changing for most well, of people Well but these that's guys, not right? fact if it's just him telling you. Well no but I'm I'm not calling him a liar I'm just saying that he there's one CJ1 guy that's not that that claimed that his plane was not getting Have you offered to send somebody out to fly with him? I I've, I've actually flown a plane. Did you agree with the assessment? Um I did not agree necessarily with that assessment. You should have let off with that Nick. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah, but 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 everybody like when, when I have a you need an CJ independent two. counsel. You know what? I've never met anybody more in my life that needs an independent counsel. Somebody just completely just, separate from Tamarack, not like me who's sitting here tooting your horn. Apparently, when yeah. I said I wasn't going to do it, yeah. <laughs> I'm just with You're you, such man. A sucker, I'm I with know. you, man. I know. Well, you love your plane. <laughs> I do. You like landing. There's a with... performance. You could. I mean, come on. You're, I, I was rolling down. I, I think I gave you a little write up, but I, I, it's it's rolling down a runway. I, I got. I I don't know. I got 1,500 hours in that airframe, right? And I just start rolling the stick back, and the thing just it comes off the ground. And I just start chuckling. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, the airplane has no interest in being on the ground. I mean, it just mm-hmm. leaps into the air. You can you can feel it. You can yeah. just feel it. Mm-hmm. And the climb performance, I mean, the nose just comes up by itself, you know, in a, in a current mm-hmm. takeoff trim situation. You know, I've got a little bit of back pressure and then a little bit of trim. This thing is just rolling itself back. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can just, you can tell what it's doing. You can feel it. So yeah. I, I just, and that's why I was, I think I, a lot of people that when they were discussing the CJ3 were discussing it as a failure, you know, that the winglets just didn't work on the CJ3. And, and when you get to the facts, that's not true. That's just in an, an inaccurate statement. Yeah, I mean, we yes, have we if, have. If, there if are were, some issues with the fleet. I mean, there's no question about it. And and you're still. You, have you given up? No, no, we're selling winglets for CJ3. No, I mean, given up on solving the CJ3 issue. I don't know. That's a good question. Have we given up? I would say you're out of ideas. Well, the idea would be to uh, really do a full like we have 3D scanning of the of a of a beautiful wing which is serial number 18 which has now been totaled by the way by, by a hailstorm. That hailstorm yeah so we can d- do some comparisons but like i said it, it may not be just limited to the to the wing area i mean you know these are wonderful well, planes. You, these are great planes i mean how do you and, know that 18 wasn't flawed <laughs> well we i mean have, if we're speaking philosophically maybe yeah. 18 was the one the wing the one wing that was fucked up and the rest of them are perfect yeah maybe yeah because we have some other aircraft you know, you're, you're right, but but it's because we have. I think that was more of a joke than anything, Nick. Well, but but there are airplanes that are sim that are being uh, performing similarly, right? Right. So we just know that if you just look at a bell curve, I mean, dude, there's 
there's some over here, there's some over there, and there's some in the middle, right? Yeah, and yeah. we that's not a consistency. We won the we won the lottery by picking serial number eighteen. Had you not, the it, may have, it may have it may, <laughs> it may have had you not, it may have changed a lot of uh, a yeah. lot a lot of stuff. Well, we would have we would have um, we would have looked at that plane, looked at the performance, and done an analysis uh, and come up with a different loft or something right. that would have fit that that plane, right? So, so every plane's different, right? In your marketing, we we got your website pulled up right here, and we're looking at it. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I have to ask the question, when does it come up within your marketing that, hey, you might have an issue with your CJ3? Because here's the CJ3 for the active winglets, and you don't say anything about the potential issue. The question remains is, is why sh should there be something there discussed about the potential issue of adding these winglets to a CJ3? Or it's somewhere during the process, do you go, hey, by the way, we got five airplanes that are paperweights. You know, yeah. you guys, I mean, this is, this is what you're walking into. How do you yeah. address that situation? Because that's, that's that's scary to me question. for a three hundred thousand yeah. dollar you know go. Mm -hmm. I think I'd like to know. Well, we we because of, well, first of all, the re, we have repriced these winglets at two fifty nine. By the way, in order to accommodate. the ones that don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those. On, on that's a hell of a price reduction, young man. Yeah. Okay. Well, it depends on what you want. Like some guys. I didn't say I was gonna play softball. There's a guy that. There's a guy that his range, he needs 1,500 miles or 1,400 miles. He doesn't care about range. He wanted the climb performance and single engine uh, climb and the margin coming out of a high hot, right? Okay. He wants the 400 pounds max zero fuel weight. He wants a ride smoothing. He doesn't care about range. So there are so many other benefits, but most people just want not most people. Well, again, I don't want to. Uh, many I don't people want, want the range. No. I don't want to. I don't want to pass over stuff too that I don't understand and uh -huh. therefore haven't asked the right question. So because you just mentioned that, let me back into this. Mm -hmm. The airplanes that we're talking about, the yeah. ones that aren't where they need to be. Yeah. Is there still some performance that they've had increased because of these winglets, or is it a zero net sum well, some game at this point? Because no. that that was because what you just said. Mm -hmm indicates that there are different aspects to what these winglets can and cannot do. Mm. Well, they, sometimes they give you range, sometimes they don't. Well, they always give the other benefits beside range. Oh, see, we didn't talk about that, and I want to well, make sure we cover it. Well, the max zero fuel weight, 400 pounds on the CJ3s, you know, it smooths the ride out dramatically. You have the single-engine climb performances so, those so are, much better. Those are still in existence on the five airplanes yeah. that I was calling sure, paperweights. Sure, sure, sure. Well, yeah. you can't let me say that then. Well, and, and the reality is, I know, but you were on a roll. I didn't want to, you know, step on yeah, you. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but listen, but let me tell you this though: if you, if, if the operators were to pull back at a, at, and slow down, like a, on the long range crew sitting, then the then the benefits for range go way up. Well, why it, do we talk about that? You 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 let me go on for at least fifteen no, minutes that no, these things no, were paperweights. No, no, it's it's because we're just talking about range then. Well, if yeah, we are talking about range. Okay, yeah, so yeah. then we don't have to talk about revamping your website here that says nothing about the fact that there's some issues. Well, we we definitely have to change our marketing on this on this, and we have we've we've already changed. But remember, we just got out of this freaking horrible AD. Yeah, yeah. This nonsense. We're, we're just and the now other thing breathing. we're going to talk about. A yeah, second. the bankruptcy yeah, thing. Right? I was I was going to let right. that to the end. So <laughs> so we're this. That's is the second elephant in the room. Yeah. This is definitely on okay. on the table but to just, revamp. But I want to make sure that I get this because, again, I want to ask hard questions, but I also want to make sure that we're not sandbagging this situation. Mm -hmm. The five airplanes that you're referring to that we have some sort of an issue, they actually still have other advantages to having these winglets installed that are actually working. Max, t max takeoff weight increase by 400 pounds. The ability to, um, and I did. I felt it yesterday. I felt we we got into turbulence coming here into San Diego, and the ride was significantly smoother. Mm -hmm. No question about it. That still exists. What mm -hmm. else? 
Well, the single engine climb performance is dramatically, your margin for takeoff is incredibly higher stability. Like, oh, and, and these clients know that. They know that they still have yeah. these benefits, which is why they yeah. have not removed the winglets. Well, maybe. I mean, that's up to them. But remember, most of these guys saw 700 pounds an hour at MMO, and they wanted that, right? Got it. Okay. And, and so the, like uni- I have, the unicorn airplane screwed you. 18 yeah. screwed you. It showed things that wasn't going to happen for the rest of the fleet. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. You know, Good. But, well, I'm but, glad but, we but, talked about I'm glad listen, that came up because that's, I, not, that's not what we were saying. That's not the plane's fault. The reality is, I mean, typically when you do an STC, you don't go fly five planes. But in retrospect, and from now on, I'm going to fly five planes. I, I think it is the airplane's right? fault. I disagree with you. You you got suckered in with 18. You you just assumed that that airplane yeah. was a carbon copy of all of its brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. Mm-hmm. And when that wasn't the case, you ran into an issue. But I wanted to reiterate, too, again, not so much focusing on the negative, which we're talking about, but yeah. also on the positive, too, is, is that the other benefits that occur with these winglets are still, are still there. there. Sure, are still sure, there. Sure. Okay. So I just but wanted funny, to make sure my, we talked my, about that. My friend is the CEO You should of... remember to mention that to other people, <laughs> not just to me, and I had to drag it out of you. Yeah. Well, but but, but this is what's on my mind. <laughs> so is we that... can talk about these guys. I got this thing parked in a hangar up here. There, yeah. there needs to be a discussion about well, whether a, that's there's reasonable There's a couple things not. about that. So well, my, my friend who's the CEO of uh, APB, Aviation Partners Boeing, he told me that it's great when you have all these other benefits, but they only want to pay you for range. Oh, and so, that makes so that's sense, by the way, because that's what saves us money because we, right. you know, I saved 900 bucks yesterday. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate right. that. No, you're welcome. That's just cash, yeah. cash money. So yeah. I get that. And that's mm-hmm. what I can say that that is one of the motivating mm-hmm. factors for us putting them on is yeah. the range. That right. was our, but that's right. our mission too. I mean, most of that airplane flies three hour legs. Right. That's what we're going to see the benefit. If mm-hmm. I go to Santa Monica, well, I can't go there anymore, can I? No. I guess I could land on the freeway. Um, you know, if I'm going back and forth from San Diego to Van Nuys, the, yeah. the benefits then roll back to what you just said or exactly. the other stuff. That's right. And That's I get right. that. Okay. But for the guys down the street here that, that the pilots are don't want to fly it because of the safety, that's just education. I have to educate and talk about this. I have, uh, you know. Well, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that ag- agreed. Yeah. So and I pe- want to talk about the negative and the positive, but I don't want to just skip over the positive to beat on you about other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now, negatives. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> it looked and appeared to me, and I am a friend of yours, um, when things started going sideways, the world saw that you immediately filed for bankruptcy. I think a lot of speculation was to protect yourself from lawsuits. And that's mm-hmm. what I think everybody thought. I think that's um, – it, it seemed like you know I, we've all seen other companies do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you did? Yeah, but it's funny because yesterday – uh, I was talking to uh, a, a lawyer friend that's also a pilot, and he said, Nick, you should have gone in immediately after the AD you should have filed, not waited, you know, a couple months or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He, But, yeah, everybody – I mean, remember, our clients are generally savvy business do, mm-hmm. people, men and women, and they know this. They've been through it. And so they are all very encouraging and saying, yeah, that's what you should have done because you're – we're." I'm trying to protect also my cu- customers that have the winglets, right? Mm-hmm. So we went into bankruptcy in order to stay um, some uh, grounding claims. We had, I think we have three gra- grounding claims, uh, loss of use pl- claims, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and you know, so, so we were trying to uh, deal with that and, and make sure that we could stay strong and solvent so that we can continue to support the fleet. So, yeah, that's, that's not necessarily a negative. Because it was voluntary. It mm-hmm. was a voluntary bankruptcy, and we just, by the way, no, we 
Monday, we filed to come out. So we're going to be coming out in a couple months. Excellent. We, we, we filed our plan, and everybody can get paid. It's very different than a typical Chapter 11 when there's a complete restructuring. Everybody gets screwed, and the creditors get screwed. Everybody's going to get repaid, which is, I think, a huge success yeah. story. I'm glad that's why we're talking about it. Because our customers and our, you know, our our friends, our investors are all behind this and know the technology is there and know this is a bump. This was a little bump that was brought on by ridiculousness, but we're dealing with it and we fought through it. You yeah. know? And again, survived, if you I'm know? speaking out of school, we can edit this out later, but <laughs> not that we ever do. But from what I understand and you and I have talked about too, a lot of your customers have come to you to help in um, adding more pennies to the to the situation yeah. because they believe in you just like I do. Yeah. And I think that's really important to denote that um, where we have some negatives and we're addressing those negatives, the positives mm -hmm. far outweigh the negatives in, in every capacity and in such that your investor mm -hmm. group has absolutely stepped forward. Not to protect – these are people that didn't have money in to begin with, that right. had people that came in with money right. after the fact when things looked the worst, right. like they were absolutely going to lose their money and said, nah, I believe in this product and that's here's right. why. And I'm ready to put my money where my mouth is, not to protect old money but to give you new money in order to um, have the strength and bullets that you need in the gun yeah. in order to get this thing accomplished. Yeah. And that's saying a lot. Just by that, that's saying a lot. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, yeah, <clears throat> the, um, what's the, what do you see as the future for Tamarack at this point then? Well, we are selling winglets again, mm -hmm. which is important. We had stopped it, for a To me, while. at least. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so now that we're kind of back on the radar – and we're healthy. We have a. We're going to be coming out of Chapter Eleven. We still have our military stuff. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. That kind of put got put on hold because of the Chapter Eleven. A lot of things got put on hold. Pretty much Chapter everything. Chapter Eleven yeah. and the AD. I mean, our head has our heads have been collectively down, and now we're looking up again. So we have people calling about phenoms. People calling about Mustangs. They want this effect on their airplane. They want to have this, you know, kind of change their whole mission. Mm -hmm. And so people are calling us and. And it's exciting uh, again. Um, we have we're still dealing with some OEMs on some larger planes. Mm -hmm. We have some callbacks that I owe to um, some airlines. So it's very exciting because, you know, even in the darkest days, you know, my team that does not know how to quit, my, my internal team and my team of customers that just are amazed at the performance that they're getting. It's changing their the way they're just using their planes. Um, everybody believed, and. Uh, and, and it's almost like the people that are in the know, that are in the business, knew that this was just a little bump, and it's the w business as usual now. So, you know, w we're talking to a lot of people about these the smaller jets mm -hmm. uh, to do, like like I said, the Phenom. And, and even though, um, you know, it, it's just exciting. We're, we have so many things going on, but we're moving up, we're moving up the food chain and the bigger, bigger planes, but we're still dealing with companies that are interested, organizations that are interested in taking some of the older planes and doing something with it through a license agreement so that we're not distracted necessarily on right. the on the fleets that are smaller, but we can and, work on and the And that just plane. wouldn't occur if this was all nonsense. It just, we, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten the traction that you have yeah. if this is nonsense. And, mm -hmm. and I think too, you and I had discussed it on numerous occasions that the pilot group is a very educated group, whether they're owner operators or pilots as a, as a profession, um, they will educate themselves, and they will find what it is, and again, separate that fact from the nonsense, And because your life is dependent upon it. Yeah. Your life is dependent upon it, and mm -hmm. I think that's very important. So 
uh, congratulations on, uh, on on what doesn't make you, what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, because that's essentially what's happened to you. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that you're out the backside of this thing. Yeah. Well, and we I, still I, have I, a lot to go, though. I mean, we still have, we still have to build a lot of trust and a lot of, um, you know, well, just, just leave leave me with that then, if you don't mind, is the fear factor that's out there, the the speculation and the concern about your winglets. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there just a a statement or a comment you can make? to the ones that still don't trust your product. Yeah, I mean... Put I, you on the spot, didn't I? Yeah, well, it'd be, it'd be, you know, I fly these all the time with my family, and, and it's just, it's it's not what you think it is. And, and, and if, if it, yeah, I mean, I'm talking too much now. What, what can I say? Uh, the amount of testing that was done on these freaking winglets... Well, I did some of From them. All, <laughs> all people all, all over the world that had to, you know, prove these out, it, it, that's the reality, not not what you hear, the wives' tales or something like that. This is the reality. And just because someone yells the loudest about something that they don't know about, you know, there's just facts and, and millions of dollars worth of flight testing to prove otherwise. Yep. So, and, and, and again, I, for anybody listening that wants to come do this, come come fly our airplane. Uh, just come fl- call me. Yeah. You got all the numbers, you got all the contact info and come fly my airplane and, yeah. and, and see for yourself. You know, I don't don't take anybody's word for it. You right. know, trust but verify. I love I think that's Reagan's and I I love it. Mm-hmm. Trust but verify. So thanks for coming on here. Hey, my pleasure. I, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I uh, figured it was a good discussion. No, well, everyone knows you're an asshole, so we, <laughs> no, we get it. There's not a person on the planet that doesn't know that's that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate yeah, it, man. Thanks, Noel.